Hi, I'm Dr. Pam Peek, and welcome to episode 419. Phew, I'm just, is that sweat on my brow? Good grief. Of her, the podcast where you're going to hear the truth about her mind, her body, her life, and her 50s and beyond. What? We didn't just fall off a cliff at the age of 50? There's actually life after 50? Well, we're going to be learning so much more about this because we have a terrific guest. Before we begin, just know that this episode is made possible by our terrific sponsor, Solaray Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y Vitamins. Run on over to solaray.com. Hey, I've got some really cool stuff. You know, I'm a physician and a scientist. I'm always like trolling for good science for you. And so guess what just popped up on the radar? A study out of Harvard <clears throat> that finds daily multiple vitamin supplements improve memory and slow cognitive aging in older adults. Okay, sign me up. Now, not only that, though, they did a three-year study, and they found that after three years, it was holding steady. So long as you were taking your multiple vitamins, you know I've wagged my finger at you a million times because we never seem to get in all those five colors a day and getting in the veggies and whatever. So being a practical person that I am, along with all my scientific colleagues, we're just saying, would you please take your multiple vitamins, especially women over the age of 50, and we have those at solarayvitamins.com. So run on over to solarray.com. Now, this is the first reminder to everyone out there to hit iTunes after the show to rate and review the show because we love your feedback. That's what we love. So you'll get another reminder later on. All right. It's time for Her. Her. The podcast. The naked truth about women. Her mind. Her body. Her life. It's all about Her. Oh, okay. Now, it doesn't matter if you've hit 50 yet. I don't care, you know, we have a huge intergenerational audience out there. So if you're 20, 30, 40, who the heck cares? What I'm telling you is that it's going to come if everything goes well in your life. Now, what I have found as a, a scientist and someone who has been making certain that women's journey, the entire journey is taken care of. That means from menstruation through pregnancies, if you're going to do that, through perimenopause, menopause, and beyond, are our needs mentally, physically, and otherwise spiritually, are they being met? Are they even being acknowledged is, is probably one of the first things. Well, I stumbled upon a podcast called Fearlessly Facing 50, and I said, okay, you got me at the fearlessly part. And I did a little digging around, and I found my wonderful new friend, Amy Schmidt. And Amy has made it her mission to be able to really honestly help women face this, as it were, midlife and beyond with all kinds of nuances. How do you do this? How do you really wrap your head around this? Because... There's really no prep course out there that I could find, although you know people are starting to crawl into the space now a little bit more, but it's been really neglected. So 
All I can tell you is I'm thrilled to have Amy on board. Amy, welcome to the Her Podcast. Thank you. Oh, I love that introduction. I got so much good info just in those first couple minutes. Those vitamins, right there with you. So important. So important. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, you know, you're a former journalist and you've been through many reinventions yourself. And so, you know, from one podcaster to another, let me ask you a question. Why did you create the podcast? How did that fit into your journey of reinvention? Great question. And you know what? When I launched my podcast, I had no idea what a podcast was. Full disclosure here. And and I love that. How long ago was that? 2019. And there were almost a million podcasts out there in 2019, but I was more of a books on tape girl. I just moved back with my family from living abroad for six years. I'm someone, you know, like you had mentioned, reinvented a lot. We've moved 12 times, three grown kids. I'm sitting in a quiet house in 2019 and I'm thinking, where did Amy go? This exuberant woman who loves to learn and loves to challenge herself, where'd she go? So I knew there was more to do and I needed to peel back the layers to really find that woman again because that fearless exhilaration was still there. So I put an ad in a local Facebook group. I was living in Connecticut at the time and said, anybody out there, you know, one of those local community groups, which are so great, anybody out there know how to do a podcast? Well, I got overwhelming response and I kind of eeny, meeny, you know, miny mowed it and found this great guy comes to the house. He could be my kid. I tell this story. I told it, told it on the TED stage because I thought it was pretty funny. He came in and he goes, Mrs. Schmidt, I'm going to help you with this. And I said, all right, John, first of all, just call me Amy. And second of all, I want to learn this. So I want you to take me through. This is going to be you know, a multi-part journey with you. I want you to teach me how to do this. And certainly, we have so much technology right at our fingertips. We can basically learn how to do a podcast from YouTube. You really can. I fixed my dishwasher on YouTube. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to try this. So we went through a series of you know, learning how to export files and learn how to do this. I knew from a journalist background that the interview part, and that I can do without a problem. The art of conversation is not a problem, but actually the tech part was making me really nervous. And I'm 50. I'm thinking, can I do this? So anyway, long story short, I went ahead on a quiet day in my quiet house in a little studio that I had created for myself and went ahead and recorded the first one. And it was a solo cast. You probably had one of those where, you know, you're introducing the podcast and I got done with it. And I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Like, this is great. But tell me the why Oh, okay. That's a good question. I will tell you, though, I forgot to push record on that. We can go back to that later because I could have stopped right there. Many women experience failure and mistakes, and that was one of them. Why I started it, I knew because at this point in my journey, when I was 50 years old, I had lost both of my parents. I had moved 12 times. I had grown kids. I had all of these things that I was experiencing as a woman. I was perimenopausal. I was going through a multitude of reinventions throughout my life, and I knew that this was relatable to other women out there. I was talking about it with my peers who were I'm blessed to have them all over the world. And we're talking about the same thing. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to open the dialogue on these things and start a podcast. And that's really why I did it selfishly, because I was going through a lot. And I thought, you know what? I want to learn from some other experts too, that they're all going through this. And as we know, as women, when we get together and share, it's like this beautiful woven masterpiece comes together because we learn from each other. And that's really why I did it. I wanted to challenge myself in a new way around tech. I wanted to challenge myself outside of my box of normally of what I was moving through the world with, what I was doing. That's really why I did it. What do you think was the critical unmet need 
on the part of women who are 50 and over, what was the unmet need that you really, maybe a gap or two that you thought you could help maybe fill? Fear. Because of fear of stepping out of your comfort zone, the fear of starting ugly, of doing something that people might look at and think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Fear is the biggest thing. Procrastination was another thing. You know, women put things off. We say, oh, we're going to start that next year when I'm 10 pounds slimmer. I'm going to do that later because the plan is going to look a little better than I'm going to have written the business plan. I'm going to have crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. And that's why you said fearlessly, there's also something else. How do women perceive the age of 50? Like when we have these, you know, kind of milestone birthdays in our life, you know, 20, 30, you know, whatever. But when a woman hits 50, in your mind, what's going through her mind? Mm, Great question. At 30, 30 30-year-old Amy would have said 50. Oh my gosh, what am I going to be doing at 50? That's old. That's ancient. I'm going to be a dinosaur. My 40-year-old Amy would have said, well, it's getting closer, but boy, I'm dreading 50. My 50-year-old Amy is like, bring it on. I've got that much more wisdom. I've got that much more confidence, that much more experience. And when did you change? I think I changed around my mid-40s when I had lost both of my parents. That for me was a real aha moment. It was a different part of my journey. Another transition for me, relationships were going to be changing. My kids were growing up and moving on and you know, leaving the nest. That's when it really hit me, probably my mid-40s. I had lived so far away that, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it back from Germany for either to say goodbye to either of my parents. Both times, Lufthansa flights are never late. They were both delayed. So, you know, it really hit me then. And then I said, you know what? Bring on 50 because we need to be present. We need to be engaged. We need to continue to learn and challenge ourselves because life is precious and bring it on. And I think, and a lot of women say this, not caring is not the right way of saying it because I care tremendously. But there is a little bit, we shed a layer of, I'm going to do it because even if it doesn't work out, it's okay. At least I tried. And that perfectionism thing, I've kicked to the curb. I think that's why. Excellent. What you were talking about are milestone changes in your life that really kind of give you a slap to the head with an invisible two by four. It's like, wake up. Suddenly you're in a very different space, especially when you've lost parents, which is quite pivotal. And this feeling that I can always put things off. You know, I thought your point about procrastination was incredibly spot on. Perfectionism is another piece of it. I'm not going to start it unless it's absolutely perfect and all the rest of it. I'm also going to give you another layer. And this is sort of the substance of a lot of my books. And that is women as they course through their forties are going through physical changes as they do that, their body composition changes. Now, the more fit you are, the more you've been stable in your exercise, your nutrition, the rest of it, the changes aren't as drastic. But if you haven't really been quite on top of it, because guess what? You're caregiving everything that comes within 100 feet of you and ditching yourself, right? Then by the time you hit 50, other changes are actually occurring. These changes sometimes lead, in my opinion, in my experience, to feelings of shame and embarrassment and hopelessness and defeat. When women look at 
the redistribution of their body composition if they really haven't been on top of it. And that's really code for a belly showed up and you're softer, you're less toned and all the rest of it. And most women don't get the memo that all the way through their 30s, 40s and beyond, they have to stay on top of their self-care. I think a lot of women then pull back with their sexuality with regard to their partners or whomever because they don't feel great in their body. I think that that gets mixed in with all of this. What is your opinion? Oh, I I agree 100%. Everything you just said is is goosebumps because it's so true. And, you know, we do need to be doing all of these things. And I've got a 26-year-old daughter in their 20s and in their 30s depositing into that, that wellness tank so we have the reserve when we're 50 and beyond. I love that you said that because I wanted to share a quick story. After listening to a podcast, one of my episodes years ago, a woman had written in and said, you know, Amy, I really was feeling down. I was feeling discouraged. I've pulled into how many exercise classes and how many of us turn around and go to Starbucks instead because we get nervous to go in. We feel like we don't have the right outfit. We're nervous. We're not in shape enough to even go. So we go to Starbucks. This particular woman was in her mid-50s and her kids were grown and she was living in the same house she'd lived in for 30 years, raised her family, but she really had felt isolated and wasn't getting out like she should physically, emotionally, all of those things, which I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to because women go through this stage. It's a different kind of being needed. And she said, listen to one of my episodes and she said, you know what I did? I got up one day and I went and bought store-bought cookies and I decided I was going to walk across the cul-de-sac to a woman that I knew it had moved in. That she saw the moving truck there. She knew it was a young mom, but she had never made any attempt to do it because she didn't know how she would add value to that woman. So one day she got up the courage. She got her store-bought cookies, put them on a paper plate, and walked them over. And before she even got there, she stopped midway and thought, what am I going to do? I mean, look at me. I'm, I'm frumpy. What is? What am I doing? She wanted to turn around, but she kept going. She pushed the doorbell. And in that moment, this moment of brilliance for her is what I told her was, The door opened, and here's a young mom in her early 30s holding a baby, one toddler on her leg, a dog running out the door, and here is this 55-year-old woman standing there with store-bought cookies saying, welcome to the neighborhood. Just at that moment, she felt like, this is what I needed to do. I needed to get up and get moving and walk across the street and get myself out there again in whatever way that means for you, that you're listening, whatever that means for you, physically, mentally, emotionally. And this woman went across, and here she has a new friend. And that 30-year-old needed her in her life. And she would have never known that if she wouldn't have taken the risk. And I think so often, and you do this all the time, you know, you're talking to women all the time, we get so stuck and so stuck in our own way that we won't even walk across the street to meet a new neighbor because we don't feel confident in ourselves. I completely agree, and I'm so happy for that woman to have her aha moment. There's no question about it. I also think that women really don't have a playbook for what happens after the age of 50. I think there's a lot of feelings of confusion, mystery, of fear, like what the heck. And if you think 50 was sort of a party in terms of a birthday. Well, what do you do with 60? Because you're already preparing for that. And if Lord willing, you know, you're here to enjoy all of this, will you enjoy it? That's why I always yell and scream about the words health span, not lifespan. I don't care about how many years you're alive because if you're not enjoying them, what what is the point? So the health span means you got to do the work to be able to enjoy 
all of these things that you now want to do that your eyes are open to? Is it possible for you to be able to, for instance, walk up those steps in the Parthenon, if you visit Greece and enjoy your vacation, all the rest of it? Well, you can't do that unless you do the work. I think a lot of women are really kind of slapped in the head by the age of 50 and as they course through their 50s with realities many of them had never really anticipated before. They just, they didn't. They just sat back and they said, well, I don't know. I mean, you had a playbook for pregnancy. You had a playbook for menstruation, all these things, right? But suddenly after 40 and 50, you're sitting back and you're saying, well, now, what do I do now? And what is my life worth? In the United States, a woman should be living well into her 80s. So if you're 50, this could be easily another 40 years. So, I mean, like another half of your life. So what are you going to do and how are you going to plan for that? That's why I felt like this whole issue of facing 50 more fearlessly was important and women needed to have the permission to do that. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. I agree with you. For women that are 50 and beyond listening right now, take an inventory of, I like to call it your highlight reel, an inventory of what you've accomplished. As maybe a wife, a mom, sister, daughter, friend, one of those things or all of those things. And really look back over the last couple of decades and look at those experiences, not only the accomplishments and successes, but the hurdles, the challenges, the obstacles, the failures that you've experienced, because every one of those things is part of this incredible story. You're the historian of your life. You're the only one that knows those things. Jot them down and look at those things because those experiences translate into propelling you forward into whatever it is that you want to do next. I use the story a lot, too, of of a woman that was let go from a corporate position just because of downsizing, not performance, but she still had to work. She still wanted to work, and she was looking for jobs. She was stuck and took herself out of the ring before she even applied, because she didn't meet all these boxes. She didn't check all the boxes. And I'm sure you've talked about this before too, because it's a, you know, it's a well-known statistic. And this is not to put men bashed by any means, but men never check all the boxes and they still apply for the job. Women got to check every single box. And if they don't check one of them, they take themselves out. And that's what she was doing. So we sat down one day and I've known this woman for years. She's a friend of mine. And I said, look at what you've done. But Amy, I've really never done that. I said, yes, you have. Look when you managed that committee on the booster club and the PTA president back when you were in junior league or whatever it was. Look at those experiences because they all translate. So she decided, you know what, I'm going to go for that job. She ended up getting one of the jobs that she applied for. But we so often take ourselves out because we undervalue ourselves and we don't look at these experiences that we've had and we don't give them any value. Most of the time we move from one thing to another so quickly we forget about what we learned from that accomplishment or that failure and how that experience can really move us forward. So I think that's a really important tip for women listening at any age. Keep an inventory of what you've done and look back at that every so often because it really does bring clarity and focus to what's going to move us forward. I love it. It's interesting. Men and, you know, a lot of people, not just men, they kind of like, okay, they didn't check that box, but they sort of, there's a saying, and that is fake it till you are it. They just sort of, yeah, sure. I, yeah, I, I, 
managed more than 20 people and turns out it was more like six, but that's okay. I mean, what's a couple, you know, numbers here. And in many respects, how people get through in life is basically pushing forward with a tremendous amount of feeling of self-worth, self-confidence, and courage. I always ask people, well, I tell people to ask themselves the following question. What's the worst that can happen? You didn't get the job. What's the worst that can happen? You got the job and things got a little funky. Well, guess what? Life is full of life lessons. So my only question to you then is, what did you learn and how can you apply it going forward? Now, speaking of going forward, I think a lot of women also need permission to push forward looking at living a life of meaning and purpose. So I'm really not a fan of this word retirement. I never use it. In my book, Fit to Live, which became that Discovery Health series that I hosted called Could You Survive? In that book, I interviewed my colleague, Dr. Ken Cooper, the Cooper Institute in Dallas, who is a father of aerobics and an extraordinary guy. He's still around doing his thing. He's in his 90s. So here's the deal. I was interviewing him for this one chapter about, you know, like, what do you do with the rest of your life? You're kind of there, right? And he says, in his beautiful Texas drawl, he says, well, now, Pam, he says, I don't ever use that word, retirement. I use refirement. And you just keep refiring, just keep lighting it up, fueling it up. He says, life is full of reinventions. And whether you're going from a neurosurgeon to someone who's volunteering in another country to help children who need surgery and whatever, it doesn't matter. What you do is you continuously have a life of meaning and purpose, because if you don't, studies have already shown that your risk of illness, morbidity, and death, mortality, increase precipitously because we as human beings have to live with purpose. And so if you look at the 100-year-olds in the Blue Zone books and all the rest of it around the world, if you look at these centenarians, their meaning and purpose continues. It now may be taking care of great, great, great grandchildren. It may be continuing the artistry that they do, whatever it may be. It just goes on and on. So I think that that needs to be stressed to everyone after the age of 50. You don't just call it a day and sit on a golf course all day because that's a a sure way of not being healthy at all, mentally, physically, and spiritually. What do you think? I agree with you. And, you know, staying engaged, embracing being a novice, right? How fun is it to learn something? And I even challenge people to go back and relearn something that they weren't good at before. Why not? We've got the bandwidth now. We've got the time. Invest in yourself. This is the time to do it. You know, you can't just let these days just whittle away. And social media, I mean, how many times do you hear about people just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and all of a sudden two hours have gone by and they haven't engaged with anybody. Engaging and getting out there and putting yourself out there continually is so important. And finding purpose, absolutely. And sometimes you need to check in with yourself and you need, you know, because we get blind spots. We definitely have blind spots. I still have blind spots on certain areas of my journey where I know that I need a little bit of help. 
find those pillars in your life, those people that you really trust the most, that love you the most, and ask them these questions like, why did you choose me as your friend? I've got a dear friend that I've been friends with for 30 years. We've raised our kids together, and she laughs at me every time I ask her. But I do every so often because I need it for myself. I want her to say, well, I chose you because you do this, Amy. And they're like, oh, I guess I do add value in that way. Because so often we forget where we add value in people's lives. We've got blind spots around it. And that's something super important. When you talked about that woman who said, well, I don't know if I'm good at that or if I'm, you know, whatever. Here's what I ask people at any age to do. Because I hear this from 20-year-olds. I hear this from 40-year-olds. So I say, so you're really not quite sure like what you think you're good at. All right. Here's an exercise I'm absolutely telling you, science shows works like a charm. So what you do is you grab, say, in the best of all worlds, is like 10, you know, I hope you have that many, but it doesn't matter, up to 10 of really, really good friends who just you've been with for a long time. They'll tell you the truth. If you walk in with a stupid looking outfit, they'll tell you it's stupid looking, not because they're mean, but because they care and they don't want you going in public looking like that. So if you've got about at least five to 10 of those kind of people, you go up to each one of them and you say, I would like you just to email me something. Don't make it look pretty. Bullet points, make it simple. But I want you to tell me what you think I'm good at. Hey, just tell me what you think I'm good at. And it could be anything It could be like, you know, you're the best gardener I've ever seen in my life. My God, you know more about horticulture than I've ever seen. You know, whatever the issue may be, but you've got to write it down. Okay. Then you take all those emails and you consolidate them and you say, is there a common thread in here? So I did this with a really cool woman once and who was just mystified. There's another little thing you need to know. What you're super easily good at, you completely overlook because it's super easy. So for instance, you can go to Yo-Yo Ma and you go, all right. And for him, the cello, I mean, he just breathes it. You know, he does his thing. And it really is quite easy for him because he's so impassioned. But then he forgets about all the other things, you know, that he also is all about. But it's an easy thing for him. And he just sort of blows over it when no, 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 you are the greatest jealous alive today. So let's just be clear. So with this one woman, it turns out one of the things that she is superb at is organizing. This woman could literally, she could do that whole declutter, you know, reorganize, but she does it at warp speed. She's not like, okay, let's all discuss this. No, she's like, she walks in like, (laughs) like a bullet train. And next thing she started her own business with her consulting alone. She's just having herself a ball because she had no idea that this was actually something that someone would actually pay for. So I really believe in that little exercise because it's easy. Why not? Why not? What's the worst case scenario, right? We talked about it before. What's the worst thing that can happen? And it's so true because we do. We navigate, we move through the world with blind spots, and we don't realize that there's parts of our journey that we're adding value to somebody else's that we don't even see. So I love that. Boy, I could use that woman in my life. I could use a little organization. Well, you know, all, you know, all of us. So how does ageism 
and sort of sexism, as it were. We'll start with ageism, but they sort of meld together. How does that fit into a woman's life after the age of 50 when she's looking to do some of these things she's always dreamed of doing? I'm thinking, for instance, I want to start a company. And by the way, the largest number of entrepreneurs are women over the age of 50. They are following that fearless track. But how does this ageism fit in a way that it doesn't for men? Yeah, well, that's so interesting. Although I think we're doing a heck of a job making inroads on really pushing that aside. You look at Mika Brzezinski and the inaugural list of women's 50 over 50. I was actually nominated to that list. And the inaugural year, which I think was 2020, we've been able now around ageism to start to really shine a light. I love that you're talking about this because this is something I'm passionate about. I just wrote an op-ed that's going to be coming out here shortly about this very topic because there is a very large spotlight shown right now on women 50 plus. Would you agree? All of a sudden, in the last three to four years, there is it was dimmed and there is a spotlight. With that spotlight, I do think we've made a lot of inroads. Women are, are, are achieving things and doing things that they've never done before after 50. They're starting businesses. They're doing things fearlessly. But what is happening is that there is a contingent of women that are being intimidated by this because they're not writing a book or starting a podcast or doing these things that they think they have to do to feel like they're really living their best life after 50. And I want to talk a little bit about that because just like the woman I mentioned earlier, the woman that walked across the street and hesitated for that for so long because she didn't know how she was needed, but she did it. She had the courage to do it. It's not just the women over 50 that are writing books or doing podcasts or starting business, but it's the women that are getting up and getting moving and walking around the block for the first time and actually doing some cardiovascular activity and moving again. There's people out there that are over 50 that aren't maybe a New York Times bestseller, but yet they're rekindling a relationship with somebody that they need in their life right now. So there's such a spotlight on us right now that that comes with a lot of pressure. I think sometimes we can lessen that pressure valve a little bit for some women and realize that just the accomplishment of walking around the block or meeting a new friend or trying something new. Those are huge. That's how I feel about it. I absolutely concur all the way through. One of the things, however, that's a bit of a challenge for women, and this is a beautiful, what I look at as a golden opportunity, is that right around the age of 50 or so, you know, this is always a 50 plus kind of situation, your meaning and purpose may change rather dramatically based upon many things. So you've got the empty nest thing and the kids are out there and rock and rolling. God, you hope so anyway. So they're out there rocking and rolling. You've got caregiving going on with your parents, in-law, whatever the situation may be. So suddenly we're, you know, if you do some math, you're kind of faced with some of that. And how do you figure all of that in there? And whereas you had a profession, say, for a while, but now you're burned out in it, and you're thinking, what's the next step? But I need some education to be able to do the next step. I'm kind of looking ahead. So whoops, does that mean you're going to be going back to school for a little bit, maybe learning new things? And that's scary. And you know, you're older and all the rest of it. There are all of these things that are taking place in your 40s and 50s. There could be a change up in your relationship, either because of loss or divorce or however you play that. 
that sometimes is a huge wake up call. And what do you do then? I think the forties and fifties, especially are the beginning of big changes, some shifts that are taking place in your philosophy, your mission in life, your plan and strategy for next steps. It's just so helpful to get whatever guidance you can. And I absolutely agree that the community of women love to talk to one another now, and I think are more free to do that and to talk about the obstacles and to talk about challenges to navigate and the need to be able to pivot pretty quickly when things get a little crazy. Suddenly, all of these skills are challenged in your 40s and 50s. And obviously, the more you learn in your 40s and 50s, you then apply to, you know what's going to be happening in your 60s, 70s, and beyond, because it just gets kind of crazy. But I think guiding people to being courageous and brave about pushing forward into places that are challenging and make you a little bit afraid. I always love when you're a little bit afraid. I'm a triathlete. I always tell people, you know, before a race or what, I hope you're afraid. And the reason why is it keeps you on your toes. You have acid focus. And it's also spectacularly good for your brain because your brain needs to be constantly challenged. You have to be challenged. If you're just sitting back and doing nothing all day, that's the worst thing you could do for brain health. You know, put yourself out there fearlessly, as you say, take on challenges. And here's the deal. The world is your oyster. So you can go out there on an adventure of discovery and whoops, that one didn't work. Well, you learned a lot. Ooh, this, I had no idea. I think I'm going to do that. Who would have known unless I put myself out there one way or the other? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. The title of my book is called Cannonball, Fearlessly Facing Midlife and Beyond. And I know this is audio, but in the back there is my book and it's me actually standing before I turned 50 on the top of a very high cliff in the grill, Jamaica. And I'm terribly afraid of heights, but I knew I wanted to do this and I cannonballed. And that's why I called it cannonball. And I, you know, when we talk about challenging ourselves, finding purpose, I use this visual every time I do a discussion anywhere, I'm a keynote. And that is thinking back to when you were 10 and you're at the pool on a hot summer day and you go to that high dive and you look at the rung of that ladder and you're you jump all the way up there. You're skipping rungs to get to the top and you're swinging at the top. You can't wait for that lifeguard to say go and you cannonball off and make that huge splash. And then when we get in our 40s and our 50s and beyond, we start to have fear setting in and we're stuck on the rungs of those ladders or procrastination like we talked about earlier. And we're like, oh, heck, Amy, I'm not going to do it this year. I'm going to do it next year because I'm going to be 10 pounds slimmer. I'm going to be in shape. So I'm just going to go down the ladder and do it next year. But the most important thing we can do right now in our 50s and beyond is cannonball off. And that means get to the top of that ladder, no matter how long it takes, no matter when you're stopped at those rungs, keep building your skill set, using your resources, asking for help, learning along the way and get to the top of that high dive. And then run, walk, skip, moonwalk, whatever it is to get to the end of that diving board and cannonball off and wrap your arms around your legs, and you and everybody listening can close their eyes and picture that visual of cannonballing off 
arms around your legs, uncomfortable, heck yeah, ugly. You got to start ugly and make that splash because we still have it in us and there's time to do it. So don't get stopped in fear and everything else. Just keep climbing up that ladder and use that visual in your life because I think everybody remembers cannonballing as a young kid at the pool and, and wanting everybody to see it and doing it again and again and again. And how many times now do we think, oh, I can't do it. I don't w- want to do it. What if everybody sees me? What if I can't get out of the pool? What if I can't pull myself up the ladder? I don't want to wear the swimsuit. I mean, we stop ourselves so often. And so we've got to just create these. At some point in the next year or so, I'm going to have a huge cannonball party somewhere. And we're going to have women from all over the world cannonballing off a high dive. And we're going to do it because we have to continue to do that. We have to. What's the worst case scenario, right? Well, I'm also going to add a little tincture of medicine to this. And that is by the time you hit 50, and honestly, this is true of any time in your life, but if you just go with statistics, by the time you hit 50, suddenly uh, you have friends who are passing away. And you cannot say to yourself, but I have tomorrow. You don't. You don't know that. And that's true all through life. You just don't know that. However, statistically, the probability of running into problems like maybe tomorrow's not going to happen increase right after the age of 50. So I like to, you know, I'm a bit of a stoic. Epictetus is one of my favorites and Marcus Aurelius and the rest of them. What they do is something very interesting. And I want people to just get serious about this, right? And that is, you don't know how long you have. And so you live every single day as though it really is your last in many respects. Is this morbid? No, it's realistic. And so when you think about that cannonball, you know what you say to yourself? Push all of those feelings about, you know, what are people going to think and whatever, just, you know, kick them to the curb and say, screw that. And then just jump off and do whatever. And the jump off is metaphorical. It could be, okay, man, I'm just going to go ahead and do this company. Okay. I'm going to, you know, speak in front of a crowd for the first time in my life. I'm going to, you know, whatever the issue is, I don't care what it is. Please. You don't have to do something grandiose um, because that's not necessary. It could be that you finally got off the couch and you walked a mile and you never in your wildest dreams thought you could walk a mile. And now suddenly you're inspired to do maybe a charity walk at a 5k, which is three miles to be able to help another organization, say breast cancer or whatever. And suddenly you're living a deeper life of meaning and purpose, but do it today without delay. Oh my God, I'm rhyming. But seriously, do it today without delay. It is killer. Got to do that. What do you think? Oh, 100%. 100%. Engage, embrace every single day. And uh, yeah, don't put it off. Don't put it off. Now's the time to do it. So I love that. Hey, I like the little rhyme. It's going to stick with me today. It's what I think all the time. I'm constantly saying, okay, let's just, you know, call it a day with this ridiculousness of, well, you know, tomorrow I could, no, 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 no. I actually gave up that tomorrow stuff a long time ago once I kind of learned a lot about stoicism and I realized, you know, these guys are onto something and it's all good. And if anyone wants to learn about stoicism, I highly recommend the work of Ryan Holiday, who is an impossibly smart young millennial 
by definition, I mean, the guy is like, you know, I don't even know if he's 40 yet. I, I bet he is. But his best book is The Obstacle is the way. So stop running away from obstacles. It's where you learn and it's where you get a chance to hone your skills and pump up your knowledge base on the overall. So as we're coming to a close here, I'm telling you right now, Amy, I could talk to you for hours. You know, there's so much here. There's just so much here. So tell us one last nugget, just one so that everyone out there can take a nugget that they can maybe apply today in their lives as they push forward, whatever their age. I love that. One thing is, you know, Muhammad Ali said, I'm the greatest of all time. And he said that before he even was, because he knew that if he didn't believe it, no one else would. So the one thing I want you to do is come up with your greatness statement today your I am statement. I don't want you looking through social media or Googling the top 100 I am greatness statements. I want you to custom tailor it to you. I want you to write it down and I want you to put it in three places, whether it's I am confident, I am happy, I am a good friend, whatever it is for you, write it down, put it in your nightstand, tuck it in a mirror somewhere, paste it up there, put it in your purse and look at that. Just really envision where you want to be with that greatness statement And I'll tell you, the mind is such a powerful thing. I know as a physician and a scientist, you know that, and listeners know that, but visualization and those I am greatness statements, they're very powerful and they work. I absolutely, completely agree with you. One of my best friends gave me a gift once. She's always one of those thoughtful gift givers. What she did was she got a beautiful handmade wood box. And it was uh, made by the artist at Appalachian Spring. And it's just beautiful. And inside it, what she had given me was just so extraordinary. What she did was she thought of all the things I am, all right, to her and to the world. And you have a crazy sense of humor, whatever, back and forth, loyal friend, blah, blah. And she typed them all up in bold and then she took that piece of paper. I mean, there was just, there were pages and pages and she cut them all up into little squares. And then she had this huge mountain of little squares of all these, what she called the affirmations. And she put them inside the box and she calls it the affirmation box. So I opened it up and she said, you know, if you're having a funky day, open the damn thing up and grab a few and just realize who you really are because you didn't write them. You're not some narcissist or something. Somebody else wrote them who really cares about you. I think that this whole issue of writing something down and just drilling it home, especially if you have self-doubt, then that's really the way to go. So everyone out there, we have been talking to Amy Schmidt. Amy's wonderful work can be found at fearlessly facing 50, and 50 is spelled out, F-I-F-T-Y.com fearlesslyfacing50.com, where you can learn about all of her work. She just has a wealth of knowledge, really beautifully said and welcoming for women who are 50 and over to be able to know that they've got kind of a home to come to, to storytell, to share, and all the rest of it. Amy, I can't thank you enough for being on the Herb Podcast. Thank you so much. I love this time. And there's so much more to dig into. So we might just have to do it again. 
Well, yeah, you could become what we love to call here at the Herb Podcast, a repeat offender. We'll just keep getting you back again and again. So thank you, Amy. And another major shout out to Solare Vitamins, S-O-L-A-R-A-Y vitamins.com. And they are our sponsor and they support our work and they get it with women a hundred percent. And remember what I told you about your multiple vitamins, get on over there and grab your multiple vitamins for women specifically, because we are unique and we have unique needs. That's what we are. Now run on over to iTunes, rate and review the show because we want to hear from you because your feedback is golden. And it really means a lot to me because I am Dr. Pam Peek, the host of the Herb Podcast. Follow me on Facebook at Dr. Pam Peek or Twitter and Instagram at Pam Peek MD. Remember to catch every single episode of the Herb Podcast on all the platforms, including iTunes, Radio MD, Spotify, blah, blah, blah. You get it. Just look it up. And what I can tell you is that I am honored you were all here today to share this fabulous episode with Amy and myself. Hey, stay safe and stay well.